Hello, welcome to Strange Love of Movies. We are on day six of our 12 Days of Christmas. That means we are halfway through. And my name is Olivia Martinez, and I'm here with my two co-hosts, Oscar and Ellie Martinez. And today, we're going to be discussing my personal favorite Christmas movie, A Christmas Story. Yes, we actually survived Christmas Chronicles 2. Yeah, that day five was a rough patch for us. But we were rewarded by being able to watch A Christmas Story again. And just in case you haven't been on planet Earth for the past 50 years, uh, Christmas Story is one of the most popular films of those past 50 years. And I think TNT has made a cottage industry out of showing a Christmas story 24 hours or 48 hours on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Oh yeah, to those of you who still watch stuff on cable, old lady. Sorry, (laughs) but that's where I started. It's always been weird to me that a Christmas story is so popular, but I guess... It's kind of, for me, it's about the same level as Napoleon Dynamite, that kind of quirkiness, humor. And you wouldn't expect the entire world to like that, but it really does seem like almost everyone really enjoys this movie. I think the reason it's such a popular movie is because it does have that kind of quirky, um, almost postmodern type of humor, and yet it's also sweet. It doesn't... Very. It, there's, like, no meanness to it or... Well... There's well. some meanness. <laughs> but funny meanness, not, I mean, they're not, it's not snarky. Yeah. And no. like a lot of classics, when this came out, at the time it came out in 1983, it was not very popular. And there's all sorts of reasons for that. But I mean, we saw the trailer. Ugh. Yeah, the trailers have really come a long way in trailers. And stay tuned for the holiday, uh, Day 10, which is coming up, because there's a reference to that about movie trailers. Anyway, uh, it's very interesting because it's, It has a lot of appeal, but it's one of those that became a cult classic through probably cable TV originally, and then, as M mentioned, you know, on TNT, and you make that remark about an old lady, but it has consistently gotten some of the best ratings. Now it's not even just Christmas. They they actually show it on Thanksgiving as well, and they actually have the the ratings on that day. The only thing that beats it is, like, NFL football, (laughs) the NFL game, which is pretty amazing. So the plot of this movie really is just Ralphie, the main character, the blonde little boy with those big blue eyes, played by... Peter Billingsley. Yes, Peter Billingsley. Who turns 50 next year. Which is insane because he is nine years old in this movie. Yeah, you follow Ralphie in his day-to-day life in the 30s or 40s. When was it, Mom? 40s. Oh, I'm not mom. You're not mom. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Probably in the late 40s. And y'all, this shocked me this year. I had... Been, I've been watching this movie since I was, like, what, five years old? And I never realized that this movie did not take place in, like, the 70s or 80s. I'm sorry. I guess you guys didn't raise me right or something. I think one of the charming things about this movie is that it does take place in an earlier time, but the family dynamic, I mean, the relationship between the father and the mother and the kids... It could be any time. I mean, it's so funny. I mean, again, it's a stereotype of the kind of goofy dad and the mom who is, like, really over-worried about her kids. But it's sweet. I mean, the family is sweet, and you can tell they're close. And so it kind of makes you feel warm and fuzzy for the holidays. But it's also funny because of all the wacky things that happen to this particular family and to most of our families through the years. 
And what's so great is not one setting is funnier than the other. Like the school is super funny, a bunch of crazy stuff happens there. And then at home, it's really funny. You're not dreading him going home or something in the movie. Everything is funny, except for the two scenes that we despise, the two dream sequences. Now, we don't hate all the dream sequences in this movie. We really like the A+++, and then the F with the Wicked Witch and all that. But the two where he's blind, and then the other one where he, what's the other one? He's, the robbers are coming to, and they're oh, dressed yeah, and like, like robbers. Yeah, he's, he's a sheriff, and he's shooting them all. I think this may have adversely affected the Cone Brothers because we love Cone Brothers movies, but the parts that we always hate are the dream sequences, <laughs> with a few exceptions. So that's the case with this movie, too. Yeah, but I really thought that there were more dream sequences because we, we always hate on them and talk about, like, oh, if only it would be a flawless movie without these dream sequences. But really, there are only two misses, and the rest of the hour and 30 minutes is perfect. So. Well, and that's what I've been, one of my themes throughout these 12 days, or halfway through anyway, is the 90 minute mark of yep. the films. It's, it's, that's the magic moment for a film. If this were two hours, it'd probably be 30 minutes too long. And the brilliance of it is that it's all told through the eyes of a nine-year-old boy. And it's in retrospect. The narrator is an older man using these fancy words, intentionally fancy words, describing his experiences. And that makes it even funnier. And that's something you're familiar with now. Talk about postmodern. This was 50 years ago. And it's something that, you know, at the time he's narrating what's happening and it's seen through his eyes. It's pretty It's pretty well done. And the narrator of this movie is actually the guy who the story's based on. He wrote the book that inspired the director to make it. So that's kind of cool. It's the real Ralphie. So going back to the plot real quick, I, I mean, you guys have seen this movie, and if you haven't, turn this podcast off. What are you doing listening to it? So I'm not going to go through the entire plot. Y'all know it. So should we just skip to our favorite scenes? Because... We, I think we have more than three favorite scenes. Well, absolutely, and that's the kind of thing where, like some of these other films, whether it's Elf or Christmas Vacation, they're little vignettes, little stories within stories, and they're just complete little scenes. And I forgot how many good ones there are. And that's, that, I think at some point we got to the point of, you know, these marathons and you get oversaturated and, you know, you get tired of it. But in this case, we hadn't seen it in a couple of years and it was like, oh, that's still as funny as it ever was, you know? Yeah. So I bet you we have three scenes apiece because there, there's so many funny, funny little things going on. Literally. I don't know if we have time for that. And also quick note, I was one of those little kids who thought they were superior and more mature because I saw this movie when I was younger and was like, oh, you haven't seen A Christmas Story? So I regret doing that a lot. It's not really a mature movie. It's just... No, there's nothing inappropriate mm-hmm. at all. But sometimes I think it takes a more, uh, more of an adult sense of humor. Yeah. Okay, may I go first? Of course, Mother. Okay, I'm going to steal the best scene. My very favorite scene, there's so many good ones, but my favorite scene has to be the Santa Claus scene. Oh! Where he goes <laughs> to visit Santa Claus and he encounters a grumpy elf. <laughs> and a what would you say like aggressive a very aggressive, <laughs> a very aggressive santa claus and his boot <laughs> what, which wait, is just <laughs> so funny what so is the funny. Elf, what does the elf say come on kid keep it going you're holding up the line <laughs> come on kid the store is closing in five minutes <laughs> and that's good direction too because the way the, the doctor island. they go in and like you see this scary looking elf <laughs> like come on kid you know you're holding up the line <laughs> 
I think it's a fish eye lens or something because it's insane. And then Santa's like, ho, ho, ho. By the way, the real writer, I think his name is Gene Shepard. He was in that movie. He was the guy who says, hey, kid, the line ends here. It starts oh, back the there. random dad. Yeah, the random oh, dad. Cool. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. A little cameo. Yeah, a little but cameo. yeah, that Santa scene. I was The crazy thing about this movie is I was expecting you would say a different scene when you said the best scene in the movie. That's how good this movie is. I'm going to go. I would say... I, I think the leg lamp, everything surrounding that kind of risque leg lamp is absolutely ridiculous. From the moment that the package comes and the dad is super excited because I think a lot of men during that time were super cheap, right? Yes, yes. And I am like those men in the 40s. But he was super excited to win something for free. And so he sees the package and he goes, ooh, fragile. And she's like, I think it says fragile, sweetie. And then they open it up and tension is rising and the kids and the wife Everybody's are watching. Everybody's so excited. They're so excited. It would be exciting because their lives were very, very just kind of boring besides Scott Farkas, which we'll, I'm sure we'll get to. We'll get to that. But they open it and then they see it and just the mom is horrified, obviously. You would be horrified, It's mom. like the tackiest thing you can ever imagine. Yeah, that ridiculous leg. I really want to get that leg for my house when I'm older. And just can you it. describe it? It's a leg with a fishnet stocking. And, <laughs> and, a, and a lamp and a, shade and on a the lamp top. And a lampshade on the top. And the dad is just in love with it. And Liv, remember that neighbor we had a couple of streets over yes. who had that lamp oh, in the window? Right. I wanted to become their Christmas. child. That was so it funny. It was a tradition driving by their house and seeing that leg lamp in the window. We have an ornament, actually, with the leg lamp, but I don't think we can get the full lamp yet. We're not yeah. there yet. We're it, not there Is yet. it my turn for favorite scenes? Of course. Y'all, again, Santa, that's great, the leg lamp. The kid putting his coats on oh. while the mom is preparing the little boy. <laughs> The brother of Ralphie, he's, if Ralphie's nine, he's what, six? Probably. Six and a half, seven maybe. And she what's his name? So what's the little boy's name? Um, Randy. Randy. Randy, yeah. She puts on so many clothes that this poor little boy can't put his arms down. And she wraps him up like he's going to the moon or something. <laughs> it's just so funny. And, and these memories, these scenes stay with you because I was... We saw this so many years ago and have seen it for so many years since. But I would recommend if you have if you see it too much, uh, maybe don't see it and give it a couple of years and then go back and see it because that's why it's a classic because it's like you can still enjoy it anytime you see it. Well, it's the ultimate great scene because it's the type of scene that you think back on whenever you're bundling up for really yep. cold weather and you bundle up so much that you can barely move. My mind always goes back to that scene in a Christmas story. I seem to story. recall saying that when we were dressing Liv when she was much younger. Like, this is like, she looks like the kid in the Christmas story. I wish y'all still dressed me like that because I get chilly. Yeah. But another thing that's great about that scene is just that Randy is such a crybaby. I mean, understandable, but he's like, I can't put my arms down. And then I think that'll lead into another one of my favorite scenes. Everything involving the bullies. Scott Farkas and his delinquent friend. Yeah, what's his name? Grover or something or other. Something. And, I mean, they're both delinquents, actually. But they are just torturing Ralphie and his friends. And then Randy is just so much slower. Like, he can't even keep up with the bullies. Like, he's so far behind. And one time he, like, falls and can't get up. And he's rolling in the snow. And Ralphie's actually a good brother in that moment because he goes back and gets him real fast. And just a side note, um, I don't know if anybody else has noticed this, but... We've noticed that a couple of the red-haired quarterbacks in football, as we've been watching the NFL season develop, 
we're Dallas Cowboys fans, so we've noticed how much Andy Dalton seems to look like Scott Scott Farkas. And that's the big revelation. That's a revelation, but also it's Scott. All those all these years, I thought it was Scott. We had to watch it with a closed caption. It was Scott S C U T. What kind of name is that? I know that's such a weird name, and his red hair and yellow eyes and the braces. They're absolutely terrifying, and especially to nine-year-old boys, and they just get so much joy. And the the montages are so funny of them bullying them because it's just every single day before and after school they're chasing them to school. And all they have to do is like go on yeah. the kids around. <laughs> okay, and I have one more favorite scene to contribute. The one where the poor kid, one of Ralphie's poor friends, gets double dog dare. Oh, no, no, no. It's the big one. The triple dog dare. Triple dog dare, which he can't resist. And he gets dared to stick his tongue on a frozen pole, basketball pole or something. And of course it gets stuck and he gets stuck out there. And then the bell rings and everybody rushes into the school. And this poor kid is left out there (laughs) in the cold and his tongue is stuck and it's just such a mess and ralphie is just the worst friend ever because the teacher asks him where he is and he's like i don't know that kid is such a good actor i love him (laughs) everybody acts like they have no idea where this kid is yeah and then someone points outside and you just see him stuck to this literal pole Another favorite scene of mine is when he helps his dad change a tire and something goes wrong and he says, oh, fudge, but he says something else. They handle that really well. And what's really funny is how they play that scene out where next scene he's had, he's got a bar of soap in his mouth. That was a true thing. It was before our time, really, but people used to get their mouths washed out with soap. Because the mom just freaked out when she heard that her little boy had said this word. Which is just so frustrating as viewers because she's like, Ralphie, where did you learn this? And he's like, my old man has said it 10, 15 times a day since I was like two or whatever. And it's just like, how does the mom not realize that's where he picked it up? But he lies and said it was his friend. And so he gets his friend in trouble. Yeah, Ralphie's mom calls the friend's mom. And you just, the phone call is one of the funniest phone interactions in cinema history because you just hear her beating this kid up. Yeah, and we don't advocate that, but it's it's funny in the context. Because <laughs> you realize this poor kid's innocent. <laughs> He's good. And his mom is just totally out of control. But, but there was, she's so there was, angry. We were, there was some gratification, though, because it was the kid who made the other kid put, put, his his tongue, tongue. put his tongue on the frozen thing. So he kind of deserved Not for that, but for, for that, he certainly deserved it. True. And one great thing that's super realistic is right after that, though, the, all three of those boys, they're still friends. Like the kid who just got beat up and Ralphie. Like they're all still friends, which is super realistic because boys don't hold grudges at that age. And then there's the bunny suit. You want to describe it, Liv? Well, something about the bunny suit has started to annoy me, kind of like people who wear the Vote for Pedro shirt who think they're quirky. I'm like, oh my gosh, the most mainstream quirky movie of all time, and you're going to wear the pink bunny suit that they sell at Target? Thank you. Sorry, that was a mini rant. I think it's a really cute suit, actually. But for Christmas, from his aunt, he gets this horrible pink bunny suit. And I mean, he's nine years old. He doesn't want to wear that. And the mom forces him to put it on, and then the dad is like, please let him take it off. It's horrible. And it just... The look of disgust when he walks down the stairs. Well, we haven't even mentioned the main plot line. He wants a BB gun for Christmas. Oh, yeah. Right? (laughs) And that's actually one of... That should be added on as an extra favorite scene because it's not really funny. It's just sweet. 
But um, at the end, when his dad surprises him by giving him the BB gun, after he'd kind of thought that there's no way he's going to get this BB gun for Christmas, and the dad, who's just basically called the old man throughout the movie, is shown to be pretty good dad. Super, and he, super sweet. Yeah, he's, he knows what his son really wants for Christmas, and he, he really surprises him with the, with the BB gun, and the mom is kind of rolling her eyes, but it's sweet. But I wouldn't recommend you giving the BB gun to your kids. And you know why, gang? Because you'll shoot, shoot your, your eye out. out. Okay, on that note, let's get to stockings real fast. This has been a longer episode because we are so obsessed with this movie. For me, I'm going to give it five out of five stockings. Even though I don't like maybe four minutes of this movie because of the two dream sequences, I think it's a great, funny, amazing movie, and I love it so much. And I hope that you guys love it as much as I do. I think I have to give it a 5-2 because, or maybe a 4.75. There are a few scenes that maybe eh, aren't needed, but it is such a great Christmas movie. I give it a 5 out of 5 as well. It's a spectacular film and it brings back a lot of good memories. I too had a BB gun when I was a boy and I used to think only boys would like this movie. But as my two co-hosts show, it's not just a boys film. It's for the whole family. Amen. Thank you guys for listening to Day 6 of Strange Love of Movies, 12 Days of Christmas. Follow us on Instagram at Strange Love of Movies Pod. Tomorrow, ugh, Christmas story is surrounded by stinkers because tomorrow is A Princess Switch 2. And that is a Netflix movie that is trying to be a Hallmark movie and it just ends up being a whole jumble. But listen to that episode because it's going to be a very entertaining one. You don't need to watch A Princess Switch 2 beforehand, but if you've already seen it, yikes, listen to that. And we have one final message for our Strange Love fans with the special decoder kits. Liv? Ah, yes. Be sure to drink your Ovaltine. Okay, good night. Ho, ho, ho. And we hope you enjoyed day six, A Christmas Story. Bye. (laughs) 